0: Hello and welcome to season two of Girls That Invest, the platform that empowers millennials through financial literacy. You're joined today by your hosts, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are extremely passionate about all things investing and personal finance. We are starting out 2021 off with a bang and what a better way to start a new year, a new season than with a challenge, a challenge that me and Sonia are both doing and Would love for you to join us. We are talking about a low buy year now. There's no lie that existing in itself, it can it can cost a bit of money. The yearly expenditure in a New Zealand household was seventy thousand dollars, with twenty three k spent on a year on food, drinks, clothing, and recreation. On top of this, our bank rate recently reported that our generation spends more on groceries, gas, restaurants, hobbies, clothing, and eating out more than previous generations. But with the recent focus on fast fashion, sustainability, and a new wave of anti-consumerism that has been rearing its head, we want to talk about something with a bit of a twist. Let's introduce to you a low buy year. So what is a low buy year, you ask us? How does one to get started? And besides saving a few extra bucks, what's in it for me? Now before we dive into today's podcast, Sonia, hello, it's been a while.
1: It's been so long it literally feels like it's been years since we've sat down and recorded an episode.
0: Now before we get into anything, before you tell me about your break, before you tell me about your new year's resolutions, I need to talk to you about something really important. So some of you, if you've been long-time listeners, may know that me and Sonia, we agree on a lot of things, we disagree on a lot of things. One of these things, and probably the most paramount of debates that we've had, I would say in the last 19 years is the fact that Sonia would not agree that retinol is good for you in your sort of early to mid 20s so I thought the best way to squash this is to put up a poll I didn't ask Sonia I just thought you know like let's just do this put up a poll on the girls at invest Instagram page And I was like, hey, like, what do you think about retinol in your like early to mid 20s? Yes or no? Like, it was just one of those poll things where you can click yes or no. And what did the results say, Sonia? I must have missed it. Were that 82% of our community agreed that retinol is good? That sounds fake. I'm so sorry. Okay, listen, you say that, but you messaged me. Being like, okay, I have now changed my mind. I would just like
1: to say, first and foremost, that I did not change my mind because I was being bullied by Simran to think differently about retinol. I just did a little bit more research, which, again, is totally feedback for me. You know, I should have done my research first before picking a fight. But I think other skin issues should have been prioritized in your early or mid-20s before starting on a retinol. But now, you know what? I get it. Yeah, maybe I am speaking 100 kilometers an hour. I just wanted to make a point. I have a question, though. Did you end up buying some? No, because my skin is very, very dry to the point that it's almost flaky, which is TMI. But hey, get to know me better. So I'm focusing on hydration and hyaluronic acid Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. Before starting on a retinol because i feel like your skin needs to be able to handle it you know
0: fair that's a fair point do you know what i do i mix my retinol with a hyaluronic acid based night moisturizer and then like really dilute the retinol like at the start it was like maybe 10 percent and i would put that on that's a lot no 10 percent like if this if i've got like a drop of cream on my hand. Ten percent of it is retinol and ninety percent of it is
1: moisturizer. And they're
0: not thick. talking about
1: the concentration of the retinol, but the amount of cream you have in your hands. Thank you.
0: Okay. Again, I know I brought this up, but once again we have gotten sidetracked. Tell me, twenty twenty one, real quick, what do you do in the summer? Are you refreshed? Are you ready for a new year? We actually
1: brought in the new year together sim. I don't know if you forgot. We actually spent it at the capital in Wellington. I try to forget. I really you forget. It was a great trip, actually, even though she has attitude right now. We really do get along, guys, don't worry. And it was so wholesome. I feel like it really set me up for the new year in terms of feeling motivated and refreshed. There was that illusion of, you know, going on a plane and being at the airport and them playing, like, a safety video for you to pay attention to. And I must say, in New Zealand, do their safety videos smashingly. Like, it's so good. They do. They really do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still the start of summer. I do have some plans in terms of making most of the sun and the beautiful New Zealand beaches
0: and being up north. But that's it. What have you been up to? Honestly, not a lot, just recharging, spending time with family, all that good stuff. But yeah, so I'm really excited with today's topic because one, it's something that I feel like you have a lot to teach us about and I just can't wait to ask you a couple of questions, get to really understand this a bit better. I think the best place to start is
1: by going through some definitions of About what a low buy year is and why that's different to a no buy year or no spend year, if you will. So, a no spend year or a no buy year essentially is where you go through a period of time and it involves cutting out all spending except for survival. So, keeping things like your bills and utilities, so rent, groceries gas, public transport, keeping all of that in your in your budget and taking out everything else, such as like eating out at restaurants, buying clothes, spending money on makeup, good old consumerism. Whereas a low buy year is where you kind of take into account if you treat yourself expenditure, if you will. So I thought it would be helpful to read out a definition that Clever Girl Finance put out because I think it puts everything um, quite simply. So that is a low buy year is a less restrictive version of the no buy year. Instead of cutting out or spending, you allow yourself to do some shopping throughout the year. You create specific rules for yourself, which you must follow, but it does allow you some more flexibility.
0: Does that make sense so far? Yeah, no, I love that. And I love that there's a distinction between the two because only after deciding to do this podcast and researching it, I didn't actually know that there was a difference. So We're Diving into the purpose behind a low
1: buy year or a no spend year and why people want to do it, because it seems foreign to for heaps of people. I know we got a few comments questioning my sanity around doing a whole year. But essentially, to be brief, it just kickstarts reaching your goals faster in a financial sense. If you think about how much you'd be saving if you committed to not spending money on certain areas of your life. So I know for heaps of people that you find online who have done it, and if you've done your own research, it would be people trying to pay off their debt faster. People trying to reach their savings goals faster. People wanting to save up for a house deposit. Faster, or saving up for a lump sum investment, it really just kickstarts and accelerates those goals. I know for some people, they like challenges and they like like setting themselves up to do something and watching them accomplish it. It really fills their cup, so it, it almost has kind of a challenge mindset to excite with discipline as well. But what you'll find is that your why in terms of why you would even consider it or end up doing one, it will be
0: different to other people's why's. I have a question. What do you say when people wonder, and this was a question that I saw come up and not an ally it did make me giggle. It was like, why are you putting yourself through this kind of suffering? What do you do if you want to treat yourself? Where does that fit into? Who the love are you? And I knew you
1: too, to, and that question stuck with me for a little bit. And fair enough that people think that way. The thing is, is that it's not suffering because it is a conscious decision that you've made to embark on like a journey like this, whether it be for a month or a year or whatever time frame it is. So with that goal in mind hopefully you do stay motivated and as we just discussed you know the low buy year instead of no spend year it allows you a little bit more wiggle room to spend money and to treat yourself
0: I really like that now I guess like finance is obviously a big part of it but Would you mind like diving into maybe like some of your personal intentions? Like, you know, how you were saying, like, everyone has their own reasons. Like, what are yours? Just so we can like get an idea and be like, oh, yeah, like I could see myself doing it for that reason as well. So in terms of my why, you
1: always used to say to me, you know, what you spend money on is what you value. And I think we've heard that a few times. And it's a phrase that I've repeated to myself a fair bit if I'm honest but then just looking around my room and like my previous bank statements and what I own I can't say that I even know what I value if that makes sense because the things that I was spending money on it's either junk I'm either donating it I either declutter and it means nothing to me so part of the reason for my why was just to figure out hey what do you value a few other reasons to keep it brief is I wanted to build my discipline to go against my instinct to buy things impulsively, because I am a pretty impulsive person. If you know I me, mean. even just a little bit, you'll figure that out right off the bat. But also to kickstart my journey to minimalism, I wanted to practice gratitude and appreciate the things that I already have, as well as like I always say that I want to focus on sustainability and low waste and become more environmentally conscious but I wasn't practicing what I was preaching or who I wanted to be so there's a lot of reasons for me personally why I wanted to start the journey that goes outside of like I guess the obvious financial reasons for starting one.
0: I love that because I think like me included the first time the word in itself, like low buy year, it sounds very like money focus and like cut down your spending. Da da da, which you know has its place, and that is definitely a valid reason for doing it. But it's so nice to know that there's plenty of other reasons and great habits and great mind frames that you can pick up from doing this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I like that we're doing this right at the start of the year because I reckon we'll do an episode at the end of the year to kind of review how the year's gone, what I've learned, maybe give you some more realistic tips and tricks because it is only a few weeks into the year as
0: well. How's it going so far? Like, What have you learned? I know it's only like day 20 of 2021, but do you mind just quickfire... Have you already started seeing some changes or has anything been particularly difficult already? It's going well so far. It is actually
1: going easier than I thought for some things and then a little bit more challenging for the other things. So my biggest thing is that I love to spend money on food and coffee. So prioritizing like actually eating my meal prep and dinner at home and my For lack of better words, crappy little coffee sachet, flavoured coffee sachets that you get at the supermarket so I don't get my, when I get my vanilla oat milk lattes from like (laughs) the cafes. I'm used to it now because we're like three weeks into the work year as well and built sort of a routine. So I imagine it's just going to keep getting easier. But it's just that.
0: Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible, with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today.
1: I'm one of those girls guys. Just love having a good old cafe barista coffee. Every mm-hmm. morning.
0: I really hope no like boomer is listening to this podcast because they're just going to be like, see, I told you, these millennials, I tell you why I don't have a house. <laughs> Anyways, so. I'm really interested in like the structure of how you're going to do this. And this was a question that came up a lot because it's, I guess, nice to get an idea of how you're doing it. What are your like rules and structure to this? So what are things that are like exceptions in your low
1: bar year, so to speak? So I broke it down into categories and the categories are takeout, gifts, makeup, skincare hair care all in one and then books and stationery and clothes so in terms of takeout I've decided that I don't want to get uber eats just for myself no eating out just for myself no coffee just for myself it has to be with either friends or family when I do those things this year in terms of makeup skincare and hair care I can only purchase products when they're done so when I've run out and I'm replacing a new replacing it i don't want to try any new products and the exception i've made to that is skincare because i've noticed that my skin actually does change quite d- drastically during the year so if anything happens to my skin i will need to adjust my skincare routine largest organ in your body things is that the truth i don't know is this gonna the largest all in your body The gonna the largest something in your body
0: Yes. Okay,
1: yes. so I didn't lie.
0: The largest organ. Who oh, needs a medical degree.
1: Your doctor. Look, I've seen my doctor Google something right in front of me. We can all get The next category is gifts. So I've decided that I am not going to go overboard on gifts because, you know I me, mean, I love spoiling my friends. I love spoiling my family. I don't like to just get one gift. I like to get them a hamper. I'm really that friend. But I wanted to prioritize showing my appreciation for someone through other love languages like acts of service and quality time or put into a pot by like a gift on sale or at the end of the season so it's not as expensive. so it's being smart because I want to be purposeful with my gifts. In terms of books and stationery, this is so hard but I'm not going to buy any new books in 2021 because guys I have a library at home. I have so many books that I haven't read and
0: to be honest the library does exist it's still a thing also can I just interject I feel like we always forget we have friends with books that are willing he, he almost choked that are willing to be like hey oh do you want to read this you can borrow it
1: This is real revolutionary stuff, guys. I hope you're taking notes, man. I'm just changing people's lives here. And in terms of stationery, I don't know if anyone else has this problem, but I have a lot of notebooks and pens and just stationery that I don't use. But if I see something at Kiki K, for example, I'm just like, that's really cute. I would
0: love that. Did you know Kiki K doesn't have physical stores anymore? They all shut down during covid Support your local overpriced books, uh
1: stationery stores. They really are quite lovely. And in terms of clothes, no new clothes unless a staple needs to be replaced and I can't fix it myself, which I don't sew. I don't actually know why I specified that. I don't know how it sticks an item with clothing. Some of you know me. Uh, I cannot craft to save my life. But i did put in a way i guess treat yourself limit so i can spend a hundred dollars maximum a quarter i do need to
0: treat myself so those are my rules and restrictions a really good question i also saw come up from our instagram story was how do you think this is going to affect your social life and what are you going to say when people ask you about this for example you know like If everyone's going out or everyone's like, hey, Sonia, can you like chip in for this expensive gift that we're buying? Like another friend, what are you going to say and do? I
1: feel like I'm really lucky because when I've communicated that this is something that I've wanted to do with my friends and with my coworkers, they have been so supportive. And in fact, they've actually been looking out for me in terms of like, if I forget a coffee sachet at home, they'll give me one of theirs. Like, they, I don't know, it means more to me than they know. That is true friendship. Yeah, thank you so much for getting into my caffeine induction. It's been quite easy. Like, at this stage, in terms of who I've spoken to, I can just say I'm actually on a low by a year. I'm going to have to pass. That's it. Like, I haven't had to find myself over explaining it or justifying it to people. So I haven't actually run into that issue yet but again we're only three weeks in it might change by the end of the year when we do like a year review episode but in terms of feeling like I'm being left out or like FOMO or chipping into things I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do it I want to stray away from that mindset and build that discipline in terms of saying no because what's one night missing one night gonna actually do like it's not gonna make or break friendships head hoping yeah i'm sorry i don't think that was overly useful answer but it's on
0: i think that makes sense and i think it is just a see how you go thing but you are pretty lucky in the sense that you do have you know such supportive friends around you but in all seriousness like i think it speaks more about the quality of people in your life
1: seems like basking in it right now. You know,
0: you were like, I'm doing a low uh, buy year. And I was like, not only do I support you, but I'm going to do one as well. And let's make a podcast about
1: it. Do you know what's really cute? Like if few of my coworkers workers have said that they're being inspired by my low buy. So they're not, yes, not exact to a T doing a low buy, but they're like, I'm being more conscious with my spending, which in itself is like, whoa, you're welcome, <laughs> you know? You are
0: welcome for my presence is what Sonia said in 2021 but just say you know someone's listening to this they are like yep I want to do a low by year we also asked our community and 82% said they're going to do it with us which is such a good turnout I'm very excited like real quick step by step how do we figure out if it's right for us how do we plan it and yeah do you mind just giving us some actionable tips to take away. Absolutely. I've got
1: four. So this is how I planned my low by year as well. And I'll keep it simple. So the first thing I did was establish my why. And arguably that is the most important step because it keeps yourself motivated throughout the year. And again, it just sustains you to have that discipline in my head once you are clear on why you want to start it. The second step would be to do a little bit of reflection, (laughs) so analyze your past spending. So what I did was I outlined where I overspent in my eyes and where I wanted to cut back. It's going to be hard. You'll be put into a position of vulnerability and people don't want to do it. And I completely get why people shy away from looking at what they've spent their money on because can be kind of embarrassing sometimes, but sometimes you, not sometimes, I think it does make a drastic difference if you do take the time and carve out that time to look at what you've spent and where you've overspent because it can kind of be like a cold splash of water on your face and realize where you want to cut back. The third step is figuring out what your rules and your restrictions are going to be. And again, that's to keep focus and to understand what your limitations are and to have some sort of structure so you're not just winging it and hoping for the best as well. And I think with this, with all the stuff that we said just previously, it's okay if you want to budget in a morning coffee. That's not going to make or break, I
0: guess, your year or like your financial goals. It really isn't like what? what's a cup of coffee like five dollars a day for one day every year that's only one thousand eight hundred and twenty five dollars that is not the difference between the house of your dreams and renting for the brand in your life if that is
1: what fills your cup if that's what you need do it like factor that in like don't take it out because otherwise that's when you are going to see it suffering but i would Just say, like, for me, I thought that's something that I valued, and that's why I kept going with it, but I think I questioned it so much that I'm like, if I was questioning buying my coffee, maybe it doesn't mean too much to me, you know? And the last step would be succession planning. So I carved out the steps that I needed to take to be successful. So to limit spending money on food, I meal prep, I eat at home i read the books that i own and to review them i journal i'm going to try to work from home a lot more as well so it's steps that i created and made it known in order for me to be successful as
0: possible to summarize establish your whys analyze your spending figure out your rules and have a succession plan Nailed it. so i guess i'm really glad we did this episode because I know it's a little bit different than what we usually do. And, you know, it kind of still falls within the realm of like financial freedom and really bogging down on, I guess, your habits, not just with your spending, but also just relationship with money and financial minimalism in general. I think it was really good that we did this. I mean, we talked about what a low buy year is, why we think it might be worth doing not just for saving money but for things like building discipline for you know getting into minimalism consumer culture what was were some of the other ones some other ones include sustainability maybe
1: looking at low waste practicing gratitude and mindfulness so many reasons why you could start one that is not purely financial
0: absolutely so If you have listened to this podcast and you're inspired by Sonia's low by year, I mean, I definitely am. And once she told me she was doing this, I was like, oh oh my God, me too. And surprisingly, so many of our friends and family around us now are as well. If you are interested, please join us. We would love to do this together. And there's some fun in just knowing that you're not the only one trying out this thing and then we'll review it at the end of the year and see how we all went. Well, I think this has
1: been so fun to get back into the swing of things. Thank you for letting me share my insights. I can't wait to see where I'm at at the end of the year and what's changed. So I think that will be interesting. Stay tuned for a season filled with Fun episodes and if you ever want us to cover a specific topic please just message us at girls that invest we go through our messages regularly so we'll definitely pick it up
0: literally every day our dms are always open we have no lives come talk to us that is us for this episode
1: i am going to roll out our disclaimer just a reminder that girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors. The advice from girls that invest exists for education purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or a financial decision. Advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.
0: All right, until next week, Sonia. Until next week, sim.